Hey everyone, welcome to The Word at Work. It's me, Gareth. Uh, good to see you. Thank you for joining us if you're watching this. Uh, we are starting a brand new series and I've got our host for the series here uh, with me in the studio today, Scott Tubman, the Associate Rector of St. James Church in Kenworth. Scott, thank you so much for joining us here in the studio at The Word at Work. Um, we're starting something new, something exciting, a brand new series on the emotions and the emotional life of a Christian. Um, do you just for our viewers out there just want to give us a sense of where we're going in this first season what we are doing here today and then where to from there sure so the idea today is that I get a chance to talk more broadly about emotions in the Christian life as a bit of an introduction mm. and then in the next four episodes after this uh, the person in your chair will be a different guest each week. Cool. And each week going forward, we'll tackle one specific emotion of the Christian life. And we'll talk about that in depth. Oh, great. That sounds exciting. Season one is going to be a ripper. Uh, looking at some cool emotions with some great guests. And Scott will be your host for that. Now, let's just get stuck into this idea of the emotions. Mm. Do you want to kick us off by just telling us where do our emotions come from? And why do we have emotions? Yeah, it's a great question to begin with. We have emotions because we are made in the image of God. And God, Scripture tells us, uh, experiences emotions too. God is angry. God is jealous. God feels joy. God feels sadness. Uh, and so just as we are made in His image, as image bearers, we too experience emotion. The big difference, of course, is that whereas God... Uh, experiences emotions perfectly and without sin, mm -hmm. our experience of emotion is affected by two things. The fact that we live in a fallen world uh, and that it is broken. And secondly, the fact that we are constantly doing battle with sin in our own hearts. Mm -hmm. And so the fallenness of the world and the sin of our own hearts means that our experience of emotions is always compromised mm. to some degree. Mm. Um, our emotions are unpredictable. Mm. Our emotions can be sinful or lead us into sin. Uh, our emotions uh, can leave us with great feelings of regret. And so it's, it's always important to remember that whilst God and we share something in common, there is also a very fundamental difference in our experience mm. of emotions. Uh, but properly understood, emotions are there so that we can view the world the way that God views the world. Mm. And that is, the world is a beautiful place, mm. but the world is also terribly broken. Uh, and our emotions help us to perceive that reality mm. and to engage with it. Mm. Uh, so, for example, the Psalms are full of expressions of the emotions of a believer. Mm. Uh, and the Psalms are a great rule or measure mm. for how they can be expressed correctly. Mm. Uh, so for example, you've got Psalms of lament, mm. which help us to be able to express great pain and sorrow and heartache uh, over something. Mm. Uh, we've got Psalms which talk about joy and celebration mm. and, and, and great blessing and happiness and give us words to voice that. Mm. Uh, you've also got Psalms that talk about the confusion and doubt that sometimes beset a believer and what to do with those emotions, how to bring them appropriately mm. to God. Cool. Uh, so that's one part of the Bible where we get a really good view of how emotions work within the life of a believer. Okay, cool. So, I mean, the stuff you're saying is really good because it helps us to say that emotions aren't bad. 
Uh, in fact, it's, a, it's, it's part of our image bearing, so that's a really good thing. But of course, I can imagine that emotions can go, it can go a bit wrong. And sometimes we make mistakes when it comes to our, our emotions and how we express emotions. Uh, and I'm sure that there are also some myths about emotions. Can you tell us just some of the mistakes or, or myths there are when it comes to this area of emotions? So classically, as Christians, when we make a mistake in this area, we tend to go to one or two extremes. We either say that emotions are bad, we distance ourselves from them, we're suspicious of them, and so we adopt a really stoic posture where we say it's just about enduring and, and, and we try to almost erase emotions from the Christian life, uh, and that's a real big mistake. Mm. But at the opposite end of the spectrum, we can also make another error, which is to embrace our emotions unconditionally. Mm. We give them full reign in our lives and we give them far more authority and influence than they actually deserve. Mm. And that one is probably a greater temptation today because that in some ways mirrors how our culture and society encourages us mm. to engage with emotion. Mm -hmm. um, and and that, that leads us into all sorts of trouble. Number one, because emotions are not a great judge. Mm. Uh, as I said before, they can be unpredictable. They can be driven by sinful desires and motives. Mm. Um, our emotions often lack discernment in the heat of the moment, in a really tense situation. Mm. Uh, we need more than just our emotions in order to navigate a godly path forward. Mm. Mm. Um, and, and so... We realize that there are some, some reservations there that we need to, we need to examine that a little bit more mm, carefully mm. before we give ourselves wholeheartedly to them. If you allow your emotions, if you surrender control of your life solely to your emotions, mm. um, you are on a very, very dangerous road. Mm, mm. The other element in that which is problematic is that we end up with this equation. The equation that says, how I feel is what is true. And when we do that, we are on very dangerous ground because what we are doing is we're taking a subjective experience and we're equating it with what should be an objective fact, right? And, and that's troubling because belief is always based on truth. Certainly our belief as Christians is based on the truth of God's revealed word, his character and his purposes and plans. And for us to uh, replace that with merely how we feel about something. See, when we feel something about an experience or a person or, or an event, we are filtering our understanding of reality through our response to it. Now, there are things in that, and we'll talk about this in a minute, I think, which are worth paying attention to. But to surrender control to completely to that is, 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 is always going to be dangerous. Um, and so we want to make sure that we don't, uh, we don't surrender control objectively to our subjective feelings. What happens when we do that is that we will no longer evaluate something objectively with our mind and with our other faculties. We'll only react to things emotionally, and that's a problem. Secondly, you create this bubble where no one can keep you accountable. Because if what I feel is what is true, then no one has any right to speak into that. So you create this no-go zone, um, which is, is, is really dangerous and, and, and you lose all accountability. And lastly, um, you are not held responsible for your behavior. 
If you react simply on the basis of how you feel, then when someone wants to check you on that, say, hang on a minute, that doesn't seem right, there will be no room for discussion on that mm -hmm. uh, because you have developed a little box which is sacrosanct and no one can challenge you on that. And any behavior is acceptable in your mind because it comes from how you feel. Uh, and that obviously is going to lead us to all sorts of trouble. As we progress through the season, I would imagine that each time we look at the emotion for that episode, you'll be helping us understand what is an appropriate way to express that emotion, uh, what can be an unhelpful way to do that, how can the Bible be a guide in terms of helping us uh, to do that well. Um, now, Scott, where then are our emotions situated? Where can I look for them? Is it a, is it a faculty of my mind or where, do I, where can I find them when I consider the emotions? So when we're talking about emotions, we tend to make the mistake of, it's a bit reductionistic. We just go emotions equals feelings. Now, on some level, we can talk like that. But the Bible gives us a much richer and deeper understanding of ourselves as people. So at the heart of every person, the inner you, the core of your being, the Bible describes as your heart. And your heart is this incredibly sophisticated part of you. It includes your mind and how you think. It includes your will and what you choose. It includes your desires and what you, what you yearn for. And it also includes your emotions and how you feel. Um, and so if we're going to understand our emotions and how they function within us, uh, we don't do ourselves any favors if we just talk about, well, I feel this way, because we're holistic. Um, in fact, our emotions also interact with our physical bodies. Mm -hmm. If you go, I'm sure you know this from your own experience, go through a time of intense emotion, be it good or bad, it can actually have a physiological effect. You can mm -hmm. have chest pains, you can get sweats, you can get the shakes. Um, and so as holistic uh, beings that God has created us to be, uh, it's really important that we see emotions as part of our heart and, and our experience of that, not just to ever to think of um, emotions in isolation, because then we won't think about how we feel. Then we won't realize the connection between our feelings and our desires or our choices. Uh, and of course, uh, that means that um, we're going to get into all sorts of trouble because we're going to be looking for a very narrow explanation in the Bible. And the Bible has such uh, depth and breadth mm. speaking about this topic. We'll, we'll miss so much of the good stuff. Absolutely. So siloing off our emotions is very unhelpful. Mm. In fact, there is a synthesis between how we think, how we feel, yeah. and then how we express that, how we act. Yeah. Uh, that's great, Scott. So, so far we've been looking at uh, the fact that we are created in God's image, God is emotional, and so we are emotional. Uh, from what it sounds like, there is a spectrum of emotions, and we must be careful to not err too far to the stoic side and not too far to the, I don't know what you call this side, but the over, the exaggerated side of emotions. Um, and then, of course, now to realize that our emotions actually come from the heart, the inner being of the person. Now, what then is the purpose of our emotions? What are they for? So we use emotions for everything. Emotions are a gift from God, and I think he wants us to use them for everything. So we use our emotions in worship. We use our emotions when we reach out to serve others. We use our emotions in evangelism, when we, when we, 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 we sense the deep concern we have for our friends and family who don't yet know Jesus. Um, we use our emotions in our quiet times, in our public worship. Uh, we use emotions all the time for everything. 
But perhaps uh, helpfully for this series as we move forward into the next uh, episodes, it might be worth thinking that of emotions uh, as we experience them are a really helpful clue or indicator for what's going on on the inside. Uh, they're a trigger that can draw our attention to the movement of our hearts, our motives, our desires, our choices. Um, so think of emotions, if you like, as the red flashing light on the dashboard of your car. If you see a warning light like that appear, then it tells you you've got to pull over uh, and you've got to pop the bonnet and check under the hood because it's an indicator that something is going on there. Mm that needs some investigation. Now, it could just be on a very straightforward level. So let's take anxiety, for instance. We're gonna be talking about that in one of the upcoming episodes. But if we think about feelings of, um, of, of anxiety, it's usually an indication that we're feeling overwhelmed and that we feel like we're not equipped to handle this thing that's, that's approaching us, and that's fine. But at a deeper level, the emotion is a clue for us to perceive a spiritual reality in that as well. Uh, namely, that if we feel like we're losing control, we should question ourselves and say, well, is it because I'm trying to maintain control in a way uh, which is spiritually unhealthy? Am I feeling anxious because I have forgotten that God is ultimately in control, that he is sovereign, Am I feeling anxious because I'm starting to worry that maybe God doesn't know what's happening to me, or if he does, he doesn't care, or if he does care, he's not powerful enough to affect a change in this scenario. And so in that moment, our feelings of anxiety can take us back to scripture and to, to examine our hearts and those deeper spiritual truths. A great example is uh, Jesus uh, and the disciples in the boat during the storm. Uh, so the storm is whipped up, Jesus is asleep, the disciples are panicking. They wake Jesus and they say, Master, don't you care that we're going to drown? And Jesus comes back at them and says, why are you afraid? Have faith. And so Jesus discerns that the fear of the storm has triggered a spiritual untruth in their mind. They assume that the threat of the storm means that Jesus doesn't love them anymore. Now, I'm sure if we were all put in that pressure situation, uh, we'd probably react in, in a very uh, similar way. But there you see Jesus checks them. Look at the emotion. Check the warning light. Look under the hood. It's made you made a false assumption about my love. So Jesus goes to re reset that thinking as a result of that emotion. And Jesus actually draws out their fear and does something with it in that moment. So I think going forward, that's going to be a helpful way for us to uh, understand ourselves better and then to understand God better as well. Awesome. Well, as we wrap up this first episode, uh, do you maybe want to direct us to a couple of places in the Bible that we can spend some time on, maybe reflect on, meditate on, think through over the next little while uh, before our first episode comes out? Yeah, sure. So... Um, there's two, there's two passages. I mean, look, we, we could go to any number of places, but, but let me just keep it to two. The first one, um, Hebrews 4, uh, chapter 12. Let me just read it for you. It says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. 
Now, it's interesting because I read that verse, but it doesn't mention the word emotional feelings. Mm -hmm. But that's just a reminder, if you just go on a word search, you're going to miss so much of the riches of what the Bible has for us. When uh, Hebrews 4 talks about the thoughts and attitudes of our heart, remember what we are talking about previously, mm -hmm. that's the, the, the center of ourselves, which includes our emotions and our feelings. And so it's absolutely included here. Now, the reason why I think this verse is helpful is because it reminds us that the word of God judges the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts. The world out there wants to tell us that our emotions are divorced from morality. So how we feel and then how we act on the basis of how we feel can't be judged or assessed. It's just who we are and we should be free to feel and act accordingly. But the Bible says, actually, no, God sees the inner workings of your heart, that turmoil of emotion in the moment of, of, of great uh, intense feeling and says that it's not divorced from morality. We are accountable for how we feel. And in fact, God sees all of that and God will, in fact, judge those parts of ourselves. And so that's really important to realize that all of life is lived in the sight of God. And we can't give ourselves a free pass when it comes to a rogue emotion or to a lack of emotion and say, well, God understands it doesn't matter. Well, actually, God does understand, but it does matter. And, uh, and so that's going to be a very important starting point for us. But in addition to that, I guess another verse uh, to help us uh, is in a uh, rather Philippians, sorry. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. Philippians 2, verse 12 says, Therefore, dear friends, <clears throat> as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and act to fulfill his good purpose. Now, again, doesn't mention emotions or feelings per se, but those la that last phrase, God is at work in the life of a Christian to, so that, to will and to act in order that we will fulfill his good purpose. The reason why that, I think, is such a helpful verse as we approach this series going forward is because it reminds us that we are not at the mercy of our emotions. I mean, some of us might feel like we are really dead on the inside in some way. We're really hard and lack compassion for something. And we just can't find it in us to feel a way that we think that the Bible wants us to feel. Or alternatively, we have a rogue emotion like anger that keeps flaring up. And we, we, we feel it's out of control and we don't know what to do with that. Well, the great comfort of these verses is that God is at work in, in us to fulfill his good purpose in us. Now, obviously, that plays out over time. It's part of the process of sanctification. But the good news is that when it comes to our emotions, we are able to change. We're able to change because God is at work in us to affect that change, even in our emotions and how we relate to the world uh, emotionally. So that's an incredibly encouraging verse for me because it reminds me that even when I do misstep with my emotions, that it's not the end of the road and that God is there working in me and through me uh, to, 
to reconcile those emotions to his good purpose. Oh, cool. That sounds great, Scott. The emotion that I'm feeling right now is that of excitement. I mean, I'm encouraged by what I've heard. And if you're watching this, I hope that you are excited also about uh, the next couple of episodes, this first season, looking at different emotions. Um, so Scott, thank you so much. Looking forward to what's to come. Scott will be your host. And so thank you for joining us. If you would like to uh, suggest any uh, emotions for future uh, episodes, please pop that in the description. If you've got questions about it, put it in here for us so that we can discuss it moving forward. Thank you, Scott. We look forward to seeing you. Have a great day. And if you dig it, hit subscribe.